Welcome to the Show of Hands podcast. I'm your host, Erica Kimberly. I'm a writer, educator, and scholar. I direct an after-school program for middle schoolers and high schoolers in Norwalk. This podcast is my attempt to capture and elevate youth voices in urban spaces. On today's episode, we talk about loving friends through self-harming tendencies and Aisha Curry's comments on insecurity. Listen up. Hi, this is Carla. It's Rashida. Your girl, Genesis. And I'm Anasia. And Anasia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm an athlete, and this year my team won like our division in states. So you're a state champion. Yes. Woo, woo. Woo, woo, we don't woo, have woo. any confetti, <laughs> but if you did, we'd throw it up in the air. How's everybody today? Good. I'm okay. Good. Good. You sure? <laughs> you sure? Why are you just okay? I don't know. Today's just been long. Like I had to go to all my classes today. I mean, no, this that whole week to do? I haven't been. No. <laughs> this whole week I haven't been going to my classes because I had my IB testing. So mm-hmm. I've been in school for like two hours every day, and then just go straight back home. But now I had to be there the whole seven hours. Like she said. <laughs> I wasn't up what to a much. Drag. I know, right? They expect me to do so much. Like, you know, I know for myself, I got to do, like, 10 a.m. classes in college. Miss Erica, I know what my problem is now. What is that? I'm anemic. What? Oh, what? That's good to know. How my, did you find that out? I went to the doctor today. Did you have blood work done? Yeah. Okay. But, like, they were like, your hemoglobin is very low. I was just like, oh, that's why they were like, yeah, you're you're kind of anemic. I was like, oh, so that's why I've been falling asleep like this. Oh. I'll get really, really cold and sleepy and just want to like curl up. Like I tell you, I could fall asleep anywhere. I don't say that for no reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. So what are you gonna do about that? She said she's gonna start getting me on some iron pills. Good. So you're gonna be faithful in taking them? Yeah. The only reason I wasn't taking my other ones is because the tablets are huge. And it gets, like, kind of stuck, and mm-hmm. it kind of feels uncomfortable. But, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So this is not what I planned on talking about, but that just <laughs> reminded me. So I have been taking beetroot what every morning mm-hmm. as well as a glass of probiotics. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> the beetroot tastes like dirt. Not even <laughs> I hate beets. It, it tastes exactly like the root of a beet. But... It's cool. So it's supposed to help with um, your brain, uh, lowering blood pressure, and all these other like amazing things, bloating, et cetera. Oh, I need that. And <laughs> since high blood pressure runs on both sides of my family, I'm like, let me be proactive and start taking this beetroot. So then I got real courageous, and I'm like, I'm going to take a probiotics. Now listen. It tastes good because it's like a mango juice. You feel it, like, working in your body. That, too, helps with bloating. And it also is supposed to help with just, like, digestion. You know when you eat something and you feel like it sits? Yeah. I hate that feeling. Speaking of, I think I need to take my apple cider vinegar tablets. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. When you asked me how I was doing, I hesitated because I'm just sitting here thinking about this food that is not moving right now. And it's just, like, I feel it. It's all the way up here. I have mad wings. I just... 
<laughs> so I'm glad we're discussing this. Health is wealth, people. Health is wealth. All right. So Genesis had something she wanted to talk about. While you pull out your tablets. <laughs> um, some of you may have heard about this whole Aisha Curry situation. So how many of you ladies have watched a snippet of the Red Table Talk with Jada Pickett-Smith and Aisha Curry? I just heard a little bit of it. You just heard I a little bit I don't remember where. It could have been an ad. It could have been on TV. Yeah, I, I think it I Facebook. watched it on TFR. What is that? The shade oh, room. the shade room. <laughs> where everyone gets their daily news. Um, okay, so I will give you like a very brief and quick synopsis. So Aisha Curry, we know, is married to who? Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Number 30. Okay, you know, three is my favorite number. <laughs> who does he play for? Warriors. Warriors. Yes. So Aisha Curry, Steph Curry, young couple, married, mm-hmm. three kids. She just turned 30. Um, she has some makeup endorsements. She started a blog years ago and has flipped that into becoming, um, I don't want to say like a chef, chef, but like a chef, has a restaurant and very successful, very beautiful um, woman that many young women look up to. So she goes on the Red Table Talk and is discussing her insecurities so we know every human being has insecurities. I think part of what she said that is universal but is t- being taken out of context is, am I attractive after X, Y, Z thing in my life? So mm-hmm. let's, you know, if you have maybe, I know someone who got into a car accident. So maybe like a scar on your face. You'd wonder, am I like attractive after Mm-hmm. The scars on my face. So for her, I think a lot of what she was questioning is like, Stephon Curry is a huge NBA f- athlete. He has tons of women always like checking for him. And she doesn't feel like she gets that type of attention from men. Mm-hmm. And she's just wondering, you know, I know my husband thinks I'm beautiful, but like, can anyone else out there confirm that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. have you ever felt that way? Yes, all the time. Yeah. What did you say? All, oh, oh, sorry, all the time. All and the you time. know, I'm so glad that she was actually courageous enough to say it because I feel like that's something that I'm insecure about. Is like on top of the insecurity of you know having those insecurities, you feel insecure that you have those insecurities. So it's mm-hmm. just like you don't really say anything about it because it's like, oh, I'm only supposed to love my man. And that's what the guys that I saw on like Snapchat, because that's how I first found out about it, they were saying, oh, like you're supposed to love your man and like this and that. And they just kind of took the argument, I feel like a little bit out of context. And like, they're like, you have this, this and that. And it's like, why aren't you happy type of thing? So, like, I'm glad that she said that because it's, like, I've been in just these little, like, little boy, little girl relationships. And even I would still want, like, some type of attention or just some type of validation knowing that I'm still attracted to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, so, on a human level. Yeah. Because it's, like, yeah, it's nice that you think I'm this and that, but it's, like, that's, this is just you. And it's not saying that you're not enough, but... <laughs> I don't know, like, I, I totally understand where she's coming from, but I think that her coming out about it was, like, really, like, brave, and mm-hmm. I think that it, like, helped a lot of, like, women to mm-hmm. recognize that they feel that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Why don't you talk a little bit, Carla? Because you said like all the time. Yeah. Because I, oof. We in a different setting, guys. We have to do it again. This is supposed to be this long. Okay. So like, I have a lot of friends that are guys. Mm-hmm. But they always see me as a friend, so I'm like, so I can't be a girl? Like, I don't want to be a girl, but, like, mm-hmm. can I be a girl? <laughs> yeah, yeah there's yeah. always, like, that thing, like, I don't know. Like, it just, it depends on what the situation is. It's like, when somebody tells you you can't be something, it's like, even if you don't want to be that thing, it's like, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I don't want to be a doctor, but if somebody tells me I can't be a doctor, I'm going to be No, like, I got to be a doctor, and I make, gotta make sure I'm I got to prove to you that I can be a I will be a doctor, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm being neurosurgeon. What do you mean? What I thought was really cool about the Red Table Talk was the fact that, well, in general, I think it creates a safe space for women and men to go and speak their piece. I thought when I watched uh, portions of the episode, it, Aisha Curry saying what she said came from her having a space among women where she felt she could be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends actually messaged me today and she was saying that she was listening to our podcast. And she's like, I think it's really cool that the girls who are on the podcast feel like they can say anything. And I'm like, girl, that's not even half of what they say. But I think pairing that with like the Red Table Talk, it is interesting because if you are in a space where you feel like you can be open and honest, you will be open and honest. And so maybe the world wasn't ready for a young woman to be that open and honest. But I looked at it and I thought it's so good she was able to get that out. Because as a mother, like her youngest baby is not even one years old yet. Mm -hmm. She just Just turned 30. So I'm sure she's like, my body has changed. Like my Mm -hmm. mindset has changed. Yeah, I know my man loves me. You know, because sometimes you think people tell you things out of, not obligation, but out of like sincere commitment. So when you're in love with somebody, you're not going to roll up on them and be like, oh, you're not cute today, right? So you begin to interpret, like, maybe you're telling me this because you, you are loyal. You think you have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe more of where she was getting at. But I feel really bad that it's been taken completely out of context and that there are men who are commenting on it and they feel like she shouldn't have said anything because of Steph Curry and his ego and the way that he's seen mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, and I think it's also since you mentioned the fact that we are comfortable in this setting, it's like a lot of stuff that we say, since we're comfortable, it's like, okay, there's like no backlash, like, you know, nobody can really like say anything. They can, but it's like, we don't really feel, it's how we genuinely feel, we're not really like, you know, if we're not afraid to say it type Mm -hmm. of thing. So I feel like maybe in that moment, she just wasn't afraid to say what she had to say. She just felt like it had to come out. So, yeah. you know, it related to her and it was something that she wanted to say, that she wanted to be known. So I feel like she had every right to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm anti-silencing. I think mm-hmm. if you feel a certain way, you should say it because I think... And it's not like she said she cheated or she's trying to cheat on him. Like, that's not what she said. It's just this is how she feels. Yeah. And these are feelings that actually would lead somebody to cheat. I get that. But... The fact that she's owning it and she didn't do it, mm. that's even, I feel like that's like a very like, I don't, I don't know the word for it right now. Admirable or? It's, I feel what? like it's respectable and yeah. I feel like, you know, like I just, I just respect it like 100%. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel you. Me too. 
Um, <clears throat> so someone had said to me, oh, you know, Steph Curry, he's like getting ready for the playoffs or he's in the playoffs. I don't even know. You're, you're into basketball in Asia. Have the playoffs started? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> Since when? Since like the end of April, I think. Oh. Dang. Yeah, it's like the end of April. So there are some people who are saying that this will distract Steph Curry. Do we agree that this will distract Steph Curry? I don't oh, think no. so. I think there will be like follow-up reports that will kind of take the heat off of them. I think it's just so terrible that we live in a world where a woman's comment about herself and her own vulnerability can be interpreted as a distraction to a man when... Men say things all the time, and no one generally asks if that would affect a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take our off-the-wall president. Like, I don't really know who in the news is, like, checking for Melania and, like, hey, how are you feeling today? It's Mental Health Awareness Month. How do you feel based on your husband's But if she comments? says, I, f- I just feel like my husband is, like, like, if she really opened up about how she felt about being in her marriage, then everybody. Just, yeah. Everyone would have something. I but you're his wife and you're the first lady. Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean. That's why we got to keep breaking the glass ceiling mm-hmm. and to control the narrative. Um, so let's segue into you and Asia, since you're excited to talk about your recent accomplishments. You're writing your college essay. Mm-hmm. I read the first draft. It's amazing. Um, and so Anasia, all last year, used to complain to me about her essays. And she'd say, Miss, I can't write these essays. I hate English. I sure I do. I remember she would be sitting I, there, I too. still hate it. Right? On the office floor, mm-hmm. dragging essay assignments out. But I don't think it's that she hates English. Because you seem to have written at least two pages about basketball. I'm still writing, like... I'm on my Good. second page, and it's not even done. Like, it's just the beginning. Oh, it's just the beginning. Which means you're just talking a lot. So tell us about your experience being a state champion, because I think that's pretty huge. Well, at first, you know, there's a lot of drama on the team, like a lot. In the beginning of the season? Yes, like way before the season even started. So, like, once the season started, it, like, carried into the season, and... Everybody was just, like, hearing about it because, like, you know, one person would tell somebody, that person mm-hmm. would tell somebody, just keep going. And then it got to our coaches. And then that's when our coach was like, y'all need to just sit down, mm-hmm. sit with your mentors, and just write what y'all want to accomplish for the season. And then once everybody wrote what they want to accomplish, our coach pointed out that, like, everybody had the same goals. And mm-hmm. it was like... If y'all have the same goals, why are you? Why do you have drama? Like just, just like if you have something to say, to say to the person, not to somebody else, because then it's just gonna go and it's gonna get worse. Hold on. So I was talking about bullying today. Why was there so much drama? Like what? What were people arguing about? Ego. That. Ooh, yes. I and that too. just I guess like how not fake they were, <laughs> but just like how they like who they hung around, what they was talking about, and just, like, what they were just, like, like, I don't know, just, like, the people they, basically the people that hung around, because, like, my cap, well, our, three of our captains, two of them are, like, really close, like, they're best friends, like, they call these, themselves, like, sisters, 
And then our other captain, she's just, like, there. So, like, she hangs around, like, only, like, a few people. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, it was just, so they was, like, oh, she said this, she said that. And then it was just, somebody would tell our teammate, then they would say something, and the person would just go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then it carried on to the actual players on team. Like, they tried to bring people into it, and it was just... Just wasting time, basically, because yeah. you guys could have been so much more productive. So at what point in your, in your season did you guys stop the infighting and start thinking like champions and winning like a champion? Um. Well, I feel like it never stopped. It just, at that point, like, they didn't care. So they just weren't saying nothing. Did they not care because of the, the shared goals that you guys had? At that point, everybody just wanted to win. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that 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 was what it was, and then like once we got into like the season and we was like the second in the state, still undefeated, that was and going huge. against the first in the state, that's when like we was like, oh yeah, we could we could win this because mm-hmm. we was playing the first in the state, and then once we became first in the state, we was like, we got to keep winning, like we can't lose this title. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, it was, it was fun. The season was fun, but stressful. You had to build momentum. Yeah. Well, like first, every for every first quarter or first half, I should say, it was just bad. Like we would always be losing. And then the second half, we would just pick up mm-hmm. and win. Surprisingly. So that's what I'm hoping we do for summer camp. Oh yeah. I hope we have no bullying. I hope all the staff get along. I hope so, too. So do I. <laughs> oh, my God. Just don't hire the same staff from last year, and we will be okay. Yeah. Don't hire all the same staff. Some of them were excellent. Not once. <laughs> of course, Carla. <laughs> once I set the record straight, it was straight. But, you know, thankfully, I did not have to get into any physical altercations. But I know that there was other people that did get into physical altercations. They did? Yes, they did. Really? And I was not ready to, I was not risking my job. I'm sorry. Not over them. But, you know. Because you got to pay that They still had to know. Right. Right. Last episode, um, we were talking about summer jobs. And Genesis confessed that she, her mother was talking to her about, like, paying bills. So, she got, you know. How much is your light bill? How much is a light bill? I paid my light bill and I thought of Genesis, so. How much is it? Or is it, like, different for every house? I'm going to start telling people, turn the lights off. Don't you already do this? light bill up in here. You could use a candle. Yeah, so my light, my electricity is tied to um, utilities. The heat? Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I'm like, you can freeze. Coming up. Anybody? Yeah. And then I will just open windows and stuff because I like to spend my money on like vacations, tons of Apple products I don't need, um, <laughs> Fenty makeup, nails. Yeah, nails. definitely nails. Nail. Hair. Every six weeks. Heat. You know. A few blankets. A few blankets. A few blankets. You know, exactly. And I have a little space heater, and I feel like that uses less electricity than the actual. I remember when I used to live. Heater thingy. And had one. Those were those were really fun. You said you used to live? What? What are you like, doing now? I used to live. <laughs> what you I used to live. She doesn't even have a home. Yeah, like I used to live in like like an actual house. Mm-hmm. And, like the little heaters. 
like you know the ones that oh the like, wall heater yes mm-hmm. radiator there you go I didn't those. know what that was people still right. use those it's, it's, it's like, circles, it goes right? like it goes like that yeah. Yeah. unless I'm just and old like, do you have a radiator but like I was I was really young <laughs> and like me and my brothers we would just like put crayons on top of them and just like oh, you have them melt you, oh <laughs> so you trying to start fires yeah. huh no, do would, not do that would, at home we would take the paper off and just put just the crayon as though the Oh it was no. When I was little, it was Kay. really fun. Cause you know how you got the little, with the the, no. the silly string. I think that's what it's called. Oh, silly string where it's like. Yeah. So my brother, he had the Spider Man one. Like you put oh, it in a thing, cool. and like it like that. squirts out like Spider Man. And we would open the window, and like spray people with it. And then we had team too, much, to act too up. much free time. Basically, yes, we was bored. It was little. <laughs> So we would just act know. up. Yeah, yeah. And up, somebody somebody started yelling. I was, and then we ran and hid. Oh, sorry. In your house. Okay. So on a more serious note, today someone uh, talked to me about a friend that they have who is a cutter, and they explained to me that this person had not told their parents about it, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like a secret. And then this person was telling me how they were one of the only friends who knew about it and how heavy it felt, you know, to carry this around. And so they told me that they wanted to say something to the parents, but they didn't want to betray, betray and like break that trust mm-hmm. with the friend. So after seeing like a fresh cut this weekend, they realize like, okay, this person has like a serious problem, big problem, and got scared. And so ended up telling the parents. And obviously the friend isn't talking to them anymore. That's crazy. That you know what friend, she could have done? Genesis, though? I'm going to speak. She could have told. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I want us to like really speak to this because I instantly felt like, okay, more young people need to have these kinds of conversations. Like, what would you do mm-hmm. if, you know, because you all are hearing things about your friends that are really scary things and you may or may not be saying anything. So, Rashi. Well, I'm glad that the friend said something because she could have saved her life or mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. And, like, this topic is, like, triggering because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I feel like everyone has done it. Like, I don't know. It was, like, a trend. But, like, it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, it's something That's serious. But, like, back in the day, it was a trend to do it. But I don't know. That's only oh that. Yeah. I used to have a friend who used to do that. Like, she's okay now, but um, she used to do that, and I've had, like, the same type of problem. Mm-hmm. And we had the same last name, so I had the same guidance counselor as her. So I sort of told my guidance counselor to, like, slip it in, like, are you okay? Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say guidance counselor, they don't, they, I don't want to say they don't care, but it's, like, they have a lot of kids, so it's not like they can just be, like, one by one. Mm-hmm. I'm, like call her for a grade or something and then be like, oh, is everything okay? Like, try to sneak it in. And so it's not like I'm going to her. You're, like, confronting her yeah, with like the information. Because in- yeah. I don't want it to be, like, an intervention. Because when you think interve- intervention, it's like, oh, so you're, like, 
it's like bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sneak it in. And then so. Did she sneak it in? I don't know if she's. I want, like, she didn't. Like, my friend talked me after, so I'm hoping that she sneaked it in and she wasn't like, let me see your wrist or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then, but it went smoothly and I don't think she knows I told her. So, yeah. That's interesting. I have a friend that used to do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that friend is like, they told me. Mm-hmm. Because I like I would go to them like with to like their therapy and chiropractor every Tuesday, and like her her like therapist told her to tell me because I would always go like with her to therapy, and she asked if I knew. She was like, no. And then she was like, you should tell her because she she could probably help you, mm-hmm. and so like she told me, and like I didn't react how sh- her best friend did because. When I was, like, in middle school, my old friend used to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was used to, like, I guess, like, some like someone telling me. Yeah. So I was, like, uh, like, she thought I was going to, like, be, like, why? Let me see. But I was just, like, why, why was that so hard to tell me? Because, like, I'm so, like, outgoing. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, I don't know. It was just hard. And I was, like... I don't know why, because, like, no, I'm a friend. And then she was, like, again, the reason why I, like, like you coming over to my house every day is because, like, I'm afraid to be home by myself because I'm afraid of myself. Mm. And I was, like, I was, like, okay. And then she was, like, I didn't also want to tell you because you'll probably ask me, like, let me see your wrist every day or let me see your leg I was like, no, because that's not my business. So I was just like, I was like, okay. So now I just just go to her house every day just to watch her, be there for her. Like to keep her mind off of of it. So I just Mm -hmm. just go every day. What was the initial question? What would you do if you were the friend? Or what would you do? Like the the one who who told. That was the question? Not a formal question, but... People are just like giving their reactions. What I'm curious to know, because I think it's twofold, right? So the kid who I was talking to was so conflicted, right? So Mm -hmm. on one hand, they're like, you know, I feel like I could have saved my friend's life. I feel like I could have intervened in a way that stopped a very bad thing from happening. Mm -hmm. But now their friend is not talking to them. So they're like, should I have said something? Should I not have said something? Will I, will this cause them to do something more extreme? So there's all of these oh, like conflicting, that. yeah, like conflicting thoughts and feelings, which I feel super sensitive to because I think you guys are not always equipped with the right support systems to enable your decision making. So I just wanted to like affirm the young person and say, look, I'm glad you're telling me about this because we can create a safety plan. That's kind of what you were doing in Asia, being present for someone, maybe having another person, a third party text them. That's kind of like what Carla was doing, um, just to be a support. But then you too need support because you guys can't carry the idea of your friends self-harming by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think everyone kind of handled things differently. I had a college roommate who 
was bulimic. And it was like the scariest thing in the world for me because these are things that no one tells you when you go to college and you live with people. So I struggled in college because I grew up the only girl in my family. I've always had my own things. I've never shared a room. So college was like A, a culture shock because I, like, I went to UConn and I was like, where's all the brown people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... You know, there's like one bathroom with all these girls oh and my like God. my OCD was just not. So I had my mom bring me a ton of cleaning products and I would like clean the bathroom before I use the bathroom. So that was my freshman year and I was traumatized because a girl across the hall never took showers. Oh, you told a friend yeah, Stinky, nasty, right? My sophomore year, I ended up getting a dorm that had a bathroom inside the room. And it was like me and my childhood best friend. So I was like, yes. Left. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. God is good. <laughs> like, I was able to get through it. Junior year, I lived in um, like a, not like a quad, but where there's like two bathrooms. There's two bedrooms with the bathroom in the middle. Mm-hmm. So that was a little dicey. Because like the long stringy hair, I was just like, oh my God, that in the shower. Amsterdam. Like, I know, I know. It was just on the wall, too. Right. Is oh. that a thing? It's a thing, Carla. I thought it was like a thing in movies. No, it's And real. then I got there. I'm like, what's this? I got <laughs> <laughs> And then I asked her, are you going to move it? I'm going to shower soon. And then she they go, no, it's in the shower. It's, that's I'm like, just what it is. Okay. So brace yourself, because you'll, you'll have lots of that. And then oh, my... My roommate's brown. Huh? I already picked my roommate. She's black. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to y'all the culture um and then my senior year I had an apartment and there was a bathroom and two um separate bedrooms then a kitchen living room and that same thing on the other side so that was the year where my roommate was bulimic and like I didn't really notice that she was eating my food at first eating your food wait can we like what is bulimic yeah for the viewers oh oh, oh, good a lot and you make yourself throw up Yes. Oh. Okay, I thought what, that's when you what don't the, eat so that you don't no, eat anorexic. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would cook on weekends like big meals. And I like just my friends from like all over, they would come over, you know, we'd eat, we'd watch movies or whatever. So I'd make like macaroni baked macaroni and cheese, cornbread, like all that stuff. That's you know? so good. <laughs> <laughs> when are we gonna do that? Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I do. Ha- I bought a big thing of um, chicken thighs that I was gonna put into individual Ziploc bags and freeze, so I could potentially bring that and cook Ooh. for you guys. I was gonna say we go over there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> go to yeah. Mm-hmm. You can cook here. Look, they got a kitchen. I see a sink. Where? Yeah. Oh, he's he's sink. oh, it's tiny. Oh. Well, and he's vegan, so we couldn't bring the chicken. Oh. oh. How Cashew you? milk. We can bring a cold <laughs> Tofu. Oh. There's a lot of vegan options. What does tofu taste like? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it tastes like air. You have to kind of flavor it. Like I love curry tofu. Oh. But seasoned. Yeah. Got it. She said. Douse it. Just dump all the Oh. So it's like But that it's good. Bad. It's good. And I love um tofu scramble. Like egg scrambled? Mm-hmm. Like kind of, it if has you a do like turmeric, it turns yellow. 
-hmm. some onion powder, garlic powder. Sometimes Open your I eyes put black and look like eggs. Yeah. My mom used to make like tofu I, with I'm rice and it. black beans, and she would put cumin in the tofu yeah. and fry it. I want some stuffed peppers tonight. Sorry. We just disabled this um, self injury conversation <laughs> real quick for the food. I'm a little hungry. I'm a I know. Puckish. I'm sorry. I forgot what I was saying now. I don't need no more food today. Make your friend. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, I would cook food and she would eat it at night, late, late, late at night, one o'clock in the morning. She'd eat the food. So, at first, I would wake up and I'm like, oh, that's weird. I thought I had like more cornbread than that. Then it got excessive and she'd like, you can tell someone just like aggressively scooped it out. Like, if you're going to eat the food, I thought you would, like, cut a corner. It would just be scooped out. No, she turned into a monster. Yeah. And then I noticed every time she ate, she went to the bathroom. And then a couple weeks passed, I noticed her hair, that stringy hair, would be all over the bathroom. She'd leave her brush out, and there was, like, hair filled. And, the thing, and like, she didn't even have, like, a ton of, you know, thick hair. And then I started, like, getting disturbed at the smell, you know? So everyone knows, like, you know, when you, when you vomit, it just, there's a stench. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I kept smelling that every time she went to the bathroom. And so it disturbed, when I tell you, like, disturbed my spirit, it was awful. Because my bedroom was right across the hall from the bathroom. So every time I heard her in the bathroom, I was like, oh, my gosh, is she throwing up? Like, what is she doing? And it gave me so much stress. And I went to the health center to get information about bulimia because I'm like, is this what this is? What am I supposed to do? And what they told me was you should be cautious kind of like bringing it up to someone because you don't know what their response is going to be. And so the lady's like, if you do it, she's probably not going to be thankful. She's probably going to lie. She's going to act like she doesn't have a problem. Mm -hmm. So I didn't say anything for a long time until she started getting like real skinny. And I remember one time it was a snowstorm and she was like walking. She's like, I'm gonna go walk to my car and go to the gym. And I'm like, it's a snowstorm. Like everybody else is like bundled up. Yeah. And she had on these leggings and they were baggy. You know how skinny you have to be for leggings to be like loose? You know, like in the hip. That, and that's when I knew I had to say something. And I did. And she was furious. Like Hulk Hogan meets Wolverine. And she was cussing me up. And Not like, to be insensitive. Because I really... I know that there's certain things that kind of cause this. Like there's certain things that people experience that manifest into eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, stuff like that. But I just feel like, how could you be in a dorm with somebody and not be Let considerate of their space? And also, like, when they say something to you about it, just out of concern for you, you get upset about it. Like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Mental illness, all that stuff, I take that very seriously. But I, I just feel like that was kind of not called for. Yeah. I mean, even though the, the health center later lady lady did warn you about what could happen, mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know either. I actually I felt bad and I, I remember like it's one of those things you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. dang, I should have never said anything. Well you gotta do but what you feel is right at that point. I felt like 
the young person that came to me today. And I said, if I take her anger if I know that I'm potentially saving her life. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I'd rather her be mad at me and possibly at least think about what I'm saying than for me to never say something to her and then something bad happened and that's on my conscience. And like her parents come to the dorm with tears in their eyes and I'm like, did you know I should have said something? Um, but it's hard because people aren't always ready to hear the truth. And I mm-hmm. think that's why when I was listening to Aisha Curry, I felt like this is her truth and we should hear it, mm-hmm. even if it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because what is truth if it's always what we all believe in? Mm-hmm. Sometimes truth is independent of another person. And I think just listening to people saves their life more than correcting them. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, you guys tell me things all the time, and sometimes I'm like, uh, you know? But you need to let life teach you, and you have to come into your own sense of awareness. And most people can autocorrect. I yeah. believe that. You know, it's like just being heard does a lot to put you on a straighter path. Mm-hmm. So I agree. That's just kind of my take on self-harm, honesty, and red table talks. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that will also, the fact that she's bringing out her insecurities, that will also leave room for men to bring out their insecurities. Because men are insecure. Aren't they? Say that again. Men are insecure. Oh, okay. Just in case y'all didn't know, they are. In fact. <laughs> they insecure. are, but they don't. They, they want to show it because they feel like they show it in different it ways. Make me less less of a, of a man. man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do they get that from? Their father. What's that thing you said today? Say it again. Their father. Yeah. Men, my father told me that men are well. Men teach boys to prey on women. Mm. Oh, maybe I heard the went off. So they <laughs> and that could be interpreted in any way. It's honestly, you know, but that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Pray can mean, I mean, it could be the, the actual meaning of what it means, or it can mean like, you know, I just want to get what I want from her type of thing. Yeah. So they're taught to do that, and they're taught how to do it, like how to get around all the, you know, the walls and all that stuff. Tell her what she wants to hear. Ask her about herself, and then that's how you can figure out like how am I going to get to like the a dance. point of entry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's I like sometimes you just don't see it coming. So mm-hmm. he was saying a lot of guys are like that, so it's very hard to find guys that aren't like that. You said um, that men learn these things from home. Yeah, in in what way? Chat about it. I don't know. See, like, I have a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old is he? 11. Oh, oh he's at like an interesting age. And, like, he could have a girlfriend. He could do whatever he wants. Like, I just, like, what? <laughs> like, Who's allowing him me? to do that? His parents? Um, yes. <laughs> like, That's and it. I so can't. They, said that? they huh? said that to him? Yeah, like they're can- like, who's your girl? Like, you have a girlfriend? Like, he's 11. <laughs> like, my little Ooh, cousin's five sir. and my aunt's are already asking him. Like, it's a joke, but at the same time, I don't think that's something to joke about. I guess. Like, what? Because then that's just in their mind, and then, like, that's the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so I had a male friend who, in that vein, thought be- people had asked him that. And so he felt like he needed to have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So he's like, when I was younger, people would always ask me these questions. And it wasn't like he necessarily 
wanted a girlfriend or felt like he was ready for one, but mm-hmm. he felt like he always had to have like a girl in his back pocket or someone exactly. whose picture mm-hmm. he could show at the family dinner because mm-hmm. it was such an expectation of him. And I thought that just said a lot to gender roles within families because I know like in my family, there's definitely like, there was two different standards mm-hmm. and it was very clear. And I was just was always like, what's up with that? Like, why? Mm-hmm. You're went, seven years older than your brother, so. Yeah. I went to my brother's school yesterday. He's only four. Oh, my God. If not Snapchat. Yeah. I went to see. He's four. He's going on five. I went to his daycare. The girls are chanting. <gasps> what are they chanting? His name. And then they're clapping. Yeah. You got the juice like then, that, Jonathan? Huh? Not even juice. He's just sitting there eating his cornbread, looking at them like... Wait, so he's eating and they're chanting his name? Yeah. All no, right. and then the the um the staff, the you know, the people that watch them was like, he can't even eat in peace and the like, yay, what? Like, uh, was like this happens every day. <laughs> like, that's too much. There was, apparently, he's cheating. Cheating on what? Who? Oh, you said who? I said what? I'm like, this is the love in ABCs. Like, this is just, this is crazy. <laughs> love and nursery rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> love and recess. Oh, oh my God. gosh. I feel like that's the title of the episode. That's but, um, that I just felt like that's crazy. I feel like, I fear that he may grow up to be arrogant. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to prevent that because my mom spoils, uh, he, he spoils, I mean, he, she spoils him a lot. So I really I don't <laughs> I try to avoid that at all costs. But he thinks he deserves everything. I don't know if it's because he's mm-hmm. a kid, but it's like you tell him no, and he's like ah, like tantrum, like tantrum to <laughs> match. <laughs> and then he makes up stuff like I never get what I want. And you exactly, are mean. I'm like, leaving. Yeah. Going where? I need to get out this house. And everybody, don't talk to me. And like. Yes, at four. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, is this normal four-year-old behavior or is this like Mm -hmm. spoiled four-year-old behavior? Because I was not going off like that at four years old. You don't think so. Huh? I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I may have been like But there was an understanding. (laughs) Like, there was an understanding that I'm getting what I want because this is what my family can provide for me. Even though I'm four, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't know what my family's making, of course. I don't understand how jobs work. family's making bread. But I know that I can't get what I want because that can't just have what I want all the time. Mm -hmm. But, like, he, I guess maybe it could also be his generation. He doesn't really have that understanding. Mm -hmm. And then also he's spoiled. I think it's one of those things where it's, like, nature and nurture, right? So I think that society kind of has its way, but I'm more, I believe that there are in-home practices that perpetuate chauvinistic behavior Mm -hmm. at a rapidly alarming rate. And I think whether it's like son and mother, son and father, um, there's always these bad practices that are generationally passed down and it's affecting us. Mm And it's really sad to see because even some of like the younger girls in our program, like to hear them at 10 years old. The thing we were talking about in the car. Yeah. They know the difference. They feel the difference. Between? Genders and expectation uh, and even body image. mm -hmm. You know, that's why programs like Live Girl are super important because some of my middle schoolers are saying things about their body image that it's just devastating for a child to think of themselves in such a 
negative way, which is how I can believe that someone mm-hmm. like Aisha Curry, who has so much money, so much power, and so much access, still feels insecure. Because yeah. those things don't solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want like kids to realize younger and younger. But, you know, we do live in a society that caters to men. So boys don't, they have insecurities, but I think it's easier for them to mask them and then also prey on women's insecurities. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like that is because, I mean, as much as their ego, men will convince themselves using their ego to basically say that I am strong and I deserve this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. But they do honestly look at women as the stronger opponent because... I mean, the I mean it just twitch. It's so crazy. I, mean, it's, I feel like if they didn't, why would you have to lie in order to get what you want? If you told the truth, that puts you in a position where they could easily say, oh. It's like, oh, okay, so if the guard has his back turned... Obviously, you can get around him, or you could try to like you know weaken him. Like I mean, that's that's how I look at it. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like guys do see them as the stronger. That men people. see the women as the stronger. That's the, what you're saying. I said people. People. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know what else to say. Oh, okay. but yeah. Well, we have a. There was that instance with the little girl bullying yeah. a little boy, but it's because she likes him. Oh, I found another no, one. No, okay. I kept all them girls. I be walking up in that room. I know all them girls like him. They mm-hmm. pick on him. They say this and that. Touching. Yo, this one That's time why I, I had to get her say, to touch her. Look at me. I'm cute. I'm like, okay. There, one time I walked go. in that little classroom. This little girl gets her shirt, starts tying it in the front. I said, put your shirt down. Mm. I don't know what she doing. What did you say, Carla? Put your shirt down. <laughs> I, I didn't even know what to high. say. Like, what? like, hi. I was so, like, flabbergasted. And it's like, I was that age before, but I was still flabbergasted at what I was seeing. That she was like, who's what? the cutest one in the room? Me. I said, I said, girl. Don't yeah, we're living you. in an age where, like, attention is a major thing. And, yes. And, and mm-hmm. these kids are used to getting attention. So when you layer the need for attention with, like, these kind yes. of, like, mixed up gender norms things get really really crazy mm-hmm. and yeah. it's why we see so much controversy because there's people who value what Aisha said there's people who don't and I think it really just stems to our inability to have healthy conversation about gender vulnerability expectation and self-love yeah so shout out to that thank you guys so much for listening Carla hmm? do you have a joke or not oh yes I do I had one more thing to Oh, say yeah. It. So I'm sorry. going back to the Aisha Curry thing, I mm-hmm. feel like people are twisting it in the wrong way. Like yes. there's this there are guys that are like, Hey, if you want me to haul at you, why didn't you just say something? And then it would be like, Oh, you could there was this one post that was like she like under her like recent recent most, most recent, recent mm-hmm. got it. <laughs> photo. And it was like if you wanted someone to haul at you, just let me know and then like put his phone number and then like it's like she doesn't want you to holler at her. It's just they take it the wrong way. They like, oh, she wants to be like. They be like, oh, you need a side man or something like that. I'm gonna be in your house drinking your kids' juice. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where I saw a comment on that on her post. That's crazy. I know. Like yeah. they just they're twisting it around. It. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I think now more women are probably gonna be less honest. And mm-hmm. open for fear that they too will have their words twisted around. Jordan Sparks. Nope. What's her name? Kylie Jenner, old friend. Jordan Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Not Sparks. 
Yeah. I, like, I haven't heard about her in a while. She got a kid. She really? at home. Married, kid, house, everything. Jordan Woods? Starks. Sparks. Oh, Sparks. Yeah, <laughs> she said Stark. Yeah, her kid I don't is even know cute. Jordan. You know her. But joke? <laughs> okay. Um, so. So. I was up. Just <laughs> microphone. I was talking to my friend. He said, what rhymes with orange? I said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> that no. is a desert. I don't get it. One time, I don't get it. One more time. What rhymes with orange? And I said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, oh, get it? Anisha. Really? You're I'm, I'm slow. I don't, I don't get it. What get it. rhymes with no, orange? She said, no, it doesn't. Instead of a question mark. The word what? Does the word what the rhyme with the word orange? And I said, no, it doesn't. Because what doesn't okay, rhyme with orange? Okay, I'm going to tell another one. For the next. That's oh, what, no. okay. I get it. I you get it. You see that light bulb? I get it. This okay. is my everyday life. I got another one. I get it. Okay, so I was talking to my friend. She said, stop acting like a flamingo. So I had to put my leg down. <laughs> Done. I can't. Did you make what? that What? <laughs> you know how flamingos, they see, always have flamingo. one leg. They like this. So I had to put my leg down. Carlo, that was not. <laughs> stop it. Okay, I'm like, leaving. What? Bye, guys. She said, stop it. <laughs> I had to put my leg down. No. I had to right. Got to put it down. Over and out. If oh, you gotta put it down, down right. Let's get a show of hands if you can relate. Comment below if you have a story you'd like to share with us. Subscribe to the Show of Hands podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Make sure you hashtag Show of Hands pod to let your friends know you're listening. Special thanks to the Carver Center for allowing us to use their facility to record our podcast. Music by Justin Cummings, JC Mintz. This is my everyday life. <laughs>